0: Good morning, and welcome to Stories in Public Health. I'm your host, Emily Dieter, and this morning it's very early in Australia. It's six o'clock, and my guests are overseas, so we've got different time zones. And I'm really excited about the interview today. I've got joining me Haley Mundiva, who is the founder of Thrive for Hire, which is a curated job board for people interested in global health that started in 2017, and she previously worked in global health research in Tanzania, Malawi, and Ethiopia and her colleague, Annalise Mavers, who's based in Toronto. She's a data analyst and key staff member at Thrive Hire. and has been with them since the beginning, and she's previously worked in medical science and public health. And I'm particularly excited about today because I think doing this podcast, I quite often get to meet people who are very much in tune with my values, and that's really how I feel about my guest today. So welcome, both of you. Thanks so Thanks much for having me. So maybe we'll start with you, Haley. and maybe a bit of background about your career and then how you came to found Thrivefire.
1: For sure. So my background is in public health, Emily. So I earned a master's of public health where I actually met Annalise. And once I graduated, I, I began working in global health research projects in East Africa, as you mentioned, in those, those three Af- East African countries. And I got about three or four years into it and I basically started asking myself whether or not I wanted to pursue academia for the rest of my life. It's such important work. It's it's really critical of course especially in in the health sector. I think just for myself on an individual basis I started asking myself I think typical questions that emerging leaders in in global health start asking. And so at the time I was basically looking up different career pathways in global health and I didn't get very much information at all on what you can do in in the global public health space. And I started realizing that a lot of my friends and colleagues were ultimately going through similar experiences. So I did kind of the only thing I knew how to do at the time, Emily, which which was research. And I sat down and interviewed a little over 20 HR directors with different global public health organizations. They did the same thing with job seekers and through those conversations, I ultimately started recognizing that potentially there could be a business solution here. And I didn't have any background in business or in entrepreneurship. Again, my background was in public health. So this is pretty daunting for me. This is about, yeah, almost yeah, three years ago now. But in a lot of ways, that was essentially the catalyst for Thrive Higher and started reaching out to Annalise and a few other colleagues and uh, we we got going on it from there. So it's a little bit more about me and, and my background. I'm just curious when you first approached sort of the HR people from those organizations, were they open to the conversations? Were they hard to set up? Yeah, no, to my surprise, Emily, they were super open and receptive to it. At that point, I had no formal pitch, like I had no business idea. Again, I didn't go in with this intention to to start an organization. I just wanted to better understand what were their challenges when it came to recruiting top talent. And I had a questionnaire, I think it was probably you know, eight to 10 questions, and, and just wanted to better understand their insights. And so I was actually surprised. A lot of them were really willing to meet with me. I got pretty good response rates. So yeah, I didn't, in my experience, didn't sense too much resistance.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And Annalise, maybe you could tell us a bit about your story and how you got here.
2: Yeah, definitely. So as Haley mentioned, her and I met during our Master of Public Health degree out in Vancouver, on the west coast of Canada. I came to that program with a medical science background, had done quite a bit of research on the UN and WHO as they transitioned from the Millennium Development Goals to the Sustainable Development Goals, so had quite an active interest in research, but always had kind of thought of myself as a generalist and had had interest in many different things. So I entered the Master of Public Health program and kind of soaked up all these opportunities to gain experience in public health ethics, tobacco control public health policy, and that kind of led me, after my degree, back to Toronto, where I currently work full-time at the University of Toronto as a research officer in pharmacy practice, so basically how pharmacists can work as members of an interprofessional team. But coming out of that program, out of the Master's of Public Health program, and having discussions with Haley, I was met with a lot of the same questions in my mind of, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what my career path would be coming out of, you know, a master's degree. And I think I have found a lot of contentment in my job, but found myself asking a lot of the same questions and immediately jumped on board when Haley started describing the mission and vision that she had in mind for Thrive Hire. And it's been an amazing three years since then where we've had the opportunity to talk with a lot of of HR directors, a lot of global health organizations, and then also a lot of job seekers who are in the same position as ourselves. So, So a long journey, but very rewarding to get to where we
0: are today. I love two things about that, that you guys are questioning things. It's the biggest question I get from my master's students. They're like, what am I going to do next? It's not like becoming a doctor where there's a very direct path afterwards. So mm-hmm. I love, I think people will be really interested in that. And I also love that you met during your master's. I'm always saying to the students, this is your first networking opportunity. Like these are your colleagues in the future. So I love that you guys are a real example of that. And so maybe could you tell us a little bit more about what ThriveFire does?
1: For sure. So happy to kickstart that and Annalise, feel free to, to jump in. But yeah, so essentially Thrive Hire is an online career and community platform that's built for the global public health industry. So we work with organizations like the Clinton Health Access Initiative, the Red Cross, Partners in Health, and essentially we profile their organizations and also post their job listings, internships and volunteer opportunities. And then in addition to that, we also offer career readiness services. So things like CV reviews, cover letter reviews, and career coaching to ultimately ensure that job seekers are best prepared by the time that they actually show up at an employer's doorstep. So that's kind of uh what we what we do in a nutshell. Did you have anything to add? Yeah, I think the only thing I would add on is it, it, Haley,
2: Haley, you've done a great job of describing what we do at Thrive Hire. I think I'd just add that, you know, this was a really iterative thing. It wasn't like we came blasting out of the gates and we're like, CV reviews, job board, partnerships, you know, like it it really has been um, a process that's emerged over, over the past couple of years as we've spoken to a lot of people. And I think just circling back to what, to what Haley was saying, like, this is really coming from our conversations with people who are looking for jobs in global health. And then, you know, the organizations that are, that are looking to, to hire entry level, senior level, whatever it might be
0: professionals in the global health,
2: public health space.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I'd like to hear more about how it all was set up and some of the challenges Because I know I've, I've said this to you before Hayley but I think sometimes people can see something like this the end product and the founder and people think wow that's amazing I could never do that and it sort of just looks like it all happened by magic but there must have just been so much frustration and stress and behind the scenes so you should be so proud of yourself so yeah if I could just hear a bit more about what it was like setting up something when you just had you know no idea where you
1: were starting Oh, it's a great question. And yeah, I love the way you preface that because it's completely accurate how you're describing it, Emily. I think when you're trying you know, to build anything from the ground up, it's, it's, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's such an iterative process and there's definitely, yeah, just roadblocks that you inevitably will encounter along the way. But in terms of how we started again, this was, as Annalise said, it was incredibly iterative. In fact, we actually pivoted the idea, I think four times before, like during the needs assessment that I was talking about earlier, Emily, where sitting down with uh, job seekers and HR directors. So I think originally we were talking about putting on like workshops for job seekers, and then they weren't really talking about that need. And then we were thinking about offering some type of consulting program, but employers weren't talking about that. And then eventually we started realizing that employers were struggling the most with trying to boost their brand visibility, especially in in global public health, where it's saturated with a lot of nonprofits that are doing really critical, important work in global health, but a lot of people just haven't heard of yet. And then on uh, the flip side, job seekers were just talking about challenges that they didn't even know where to get started or how to get connected to organizations in the field. So it was kind of iterative from the get-go, but even since then, Emily, like we can talk about it. Of course, for hours, there's not enough time on, on this podcast, but even then, I think, like a lot of entrepreneurs, right, you encounter challenges with trying to fine tune your business model. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is it's one thing for you know someone to say like a, a potential beneficiary that they're really interested, like a target client, that they're interested in a service, but it's a different thing for them once you offer it to start paying. And so a big lesson that we've learned throughout this whole process is it's ideal to just, even before you build something, if you can to actually charge a fee or get someone to sign what we call our letters of intent, which basically they sign to showcase that they will actually pay for a service because those are two very different things saying there's general interest versus will they actually pay for your service so that you can continue delivering value. So yeah, there's just been so many roadblocks along the way and it's, it's never ending. But I would say like really briefly, that's why I think it's really critical as social entrepreneurs to get, I think, not too swept up in perfectionism. You have to just ultimately better understand what is the value you're trying to deliver to a community and just get out there and try things. And like Annalise said, be really willing and open to iterating throughout that process.
0: How do you keep up your motivation when when you find those roadblocks? Is it really that value that you were talking
1: about, keeping your eye on that? Or uh, so I'd say there's two things, and uh, jump in here, Annalise, because I know you also have a lot to say on this. But for me, yeah, it's definitely two things. It's one for sure, Emily, like you were talking about with the the social mission. That's that's the biggest driver that you know pushes me to continue doing this work. Like Annalise, I don't want to speak on her behalf, but I think that strong social mission is ultimately to what pulled me into global public health work in the first place. You know, really this motivation to try to push for health equity. I still can't understand it, even though I have, you know, evidence behind it and public health background and training to showcase how someone's projected life expectancy is still so determined by where they were born. But that's still like it, it makes no sense to me. So I think that social mission is the biggest thing that continues to, at least on a personal basis for me, push me to keep going forward. But the other thing I would say is it's totally the team. I've had a, just an awesome privilege to work with, uh, like genuinely a really fantastic group that Thrive Higher. Mostly it's it's just a coincidence, most of whom are, are women. And again, there I think ultimately the, the glue that sticks us together is, I think, that social mission and also our values. And so I think when you're going through those roadblocks, I think just being really transparent and open and communicative with the team that you trust, that's small, but again, has the same values. I don't know, some days they just wake up and it's it's enough to kind of keep you going forward together. So yeah, for me, I would say it's it's those two things. Yeah, I couldn't agree. No need to speak on my behalf because you've pretty much
2: echoed exactly what I would say, Haley. I think from from my perspective, you know, Haley from the beginning, like three years ago, had I mean, it, it's morphed considerably, but had a really clear vision about like wanting to create social impact, especially in a space like global health and and public health to some extent. That it that can be quite fragmented, where we've got a, a number of different topic areas, um, a number of different skill sets that can really be be put to use in global health. And I think the thing for me that really came through quite clearly was, as someone who's interested in a lot of different things, Thrive Hire was also kind of a vehicle to gain a lot of experience outside of perhaps what a, a typical public health education provides you with, and also have really genuine conversations with, you know, job seekers, global health organizations, other people on our team, like I think also the opportunity to have worked with like software developers and people who are in HR, like we have a couple of people on our team who are really good at finance or accounting or putting together a business model. And, you know, that's just not an opportunity I had had prior to Thrive Hire and I still haven't. Like, I I just feel like the exposure and ability to gain so much tangible experience of kind of building this social enterprise and making some great strides has been really rewarding. But coming back to what Haley said, like having a really great team and Haley as a really great leader um, or like co like person who's gonna gonna drive the boat and really asks for feedback asks for people to weigh in I can just say I think probably for myself and a lot of other people who've joined our team at thrive Hire, it's kind of a no-brainer of like I also see the social impact and social mission behind this and it's with a great team of people and it's just been like a pleasure to be on that journey you know it there's so many things that I think you question with your life but this has just been like one thing I've always been able to hang my hat on
0: yeah, that's awesome, and I think you've sort of already touched on my next question in that answer, but we talked <laughs> about the challenges, and I wanted to hear about some of the highlights, like, especially your blog, like you, and you work with some amazing organizations, but on the blog you have some amazing contributors, so I'm just curious about what have been the highlights for you. Yeah,
1: so I, I would say, I, I think one thing I'm learning too, Emily, even to that question, is to also, like, celebrate the small wins. I I think it's so easy to just get caught up in like, I don't know, these grandiose things and especially as in social entrepreneurship, right? It's, it's obviously important to have a vision, but I think within that process, I've learned you can get really lost in like. I don't know all of it and not be as present and I yeah I just think celebrating the small wins is is really critical so yeah I mean absolutely like to your point Emily even getting great contributions from individuals in, in various aspects in public health who want to contribute blog pieces for us um, and feature some some really phenomenal public health professionals who inspire me and if there wasn't you know Thrive higher. I probably never would have had an opportunity to meet them, and and same with you, Amelie, I, I think the work that you're doing is is just unreal, and a major major fan of of stories in public health. Yeah, I would say that. I would also say I think it, it's it's really interesting. Like one moment for me that kind of stood out was I remember. I think, yeah, a little less than a year after we launched, we had the Clinton Health Access Initiative reach out to us. Like, they just came across our site, and of course, we went through the process of, of partnering with them, and I think that was kind of, like, the first, like, really big organization that we hadn't reached out to individually, you know, as I'm sure you're familiar with, like, you know, when you're getting started on anything, and this is, I don't, I don't know, I don't really have this idea that this is ever going to stop. I just you know, I'm kind of expecting this to continue, but you're at the start of any organization, you're having to do so much outreach and you're having to set up so many calls and of course work a lot on brand awareness. But I think when the Clinton Health Access Initiative came to us, I just was, yeah, kind of taken aback. And it was kind of a, a great highlight for sure to, to, I think again, just concretize the value that we're, that we're trying to deliver through our platform.
2: Yeah, I think along with that, probably in in some of our earlier stages, we're just being really gritty with reaching out to people and you know getting our name and face out there, pursuing like events or like places where we could just kind of meet people and say, you know, this is what we're doing. Hi, how are you? Let's have a conversation. Here's a bit about what we do. And I think that just kind of perseverance of of seeking out opportunities, and it comes back to what Haley said, like. Even if you don't want to pursue a career in research, those skills literally take you through, take you through life in terms of like, how do you, how do you talk to people? How do you network? How do you conduct evaluations and get feedback and not get too, too upset if someone turns you down? Like I think for us and also being in a very supportive team, it was just kind of like every small win or like small defeat kind of just like balanced out. And we were able to support each other and think about new strategies Um, new outreach techniques and then it kind of led to like what Haley's saying now the Clinton Health Access Initiative reaching out to us which was
0: definitely a a notable small win so yeah I (laughs) just had that I think that sounds like a big win not a small win (laughs) (laughs) so you mentioned before like public health is such a wide variety of different skill sets and different types of work so I just wanted I guess for people's information what kinds of jobs are posted on the job board like I'm an epidemiologist, that's a very specific skill set, but are there some broader ones? Yeah, I think
2: I think you're exactly right. Like there's really so much, even there's emerging public health undergraduate or bachelor's degrees as well, in addition to master's and PhD. So there's, I think it's opened our eyes as well as kind of the different cross paths that you can take depending on skill level topic area. And that's something we've really tried to address through our site in terms of helping people, you know, navigate according to topic area, according to location, according to kind of skill set. What we have found, I guess, is predominance, I guess I would say, or like quite, quite a few entry level job seeker positions. There are a lot of people searching for jobs. I would say that is sometimes at a mismatch with global health organizations having the same number of entry level positions available. Especially when we're we're talking in the global health space where there's a lot of nonprofits, which might be smaller in size and have fairly reduced hiring capacity. But I think part of that is just seeing the expansive jobs in different topic areas available to you. And then what we've also learned is like identifying your skill set. So maybe you go through your degree and you've always been interested in communications and then you start building up experience so that when you see a job posted like that, you can really go after it. So yeah, I think we've tried to like address that on our site, but it's definitely a growing thing where there's so many organizations, we're always interested in hearing of new ones. And there's always new ones popping up. And then just being able to, to get those jobs visible to job seekers as well.
0: And again, you've already touched on my next question. <laughs> which was, so I've just got some time. So I've got two more. I was just wondering about some advice you might have for people who are just starting out. So, you know, yourselves, you know, a couple of years ago when you were questioning, what am I going to do? What would you give advice to people that
1: are just leaving an MPH? Yeah. So I can take a stab at that one. Um, and I, I think one of the things is, is of course, I think it's a matter of just getting out there and trying things. I, I think Again, what I was alluding to earlier is is just kind of getting rid of this notion of perfectionism. Um, I've certainly felt that before, and and definitely experienced it in, in school. And you know, you want to put your best foot forward, but I think when it comes to, I think just creating like a tangible positive impact, it doesn't need to be anything massive. It doesn't you don't need to start a company or anything like that. But I think when it comes to just again, delivering value and creating a positive impact at your workplace or whatever it is that you wanna pursue. I think it's a matter of just getting out into the world and trying something, you know, whether it's pitching a new idea within your organization to your boss or sharing a new idea that you have about something you wanna pursue down the road. Like for instance, uh, undergoing a a PhD initially and just starting those conversations with friends or a mentor that you have. I, I think in other words, just getting out there and trying things and I think, you know, within that process, ultimately recognizing that, I know this sounds really sappy, but it's it's really about what are you learning and gaining from those experiences? I think it's a matter of taking a step back and asking yourself, like taking a bit of time for, you know, self-reflection to say like, what skills have I gained through this? Or, you know, even throughout this process, like for instance, if you try something like I originally did in academia and you realize, you know what, this is great, but you know, I need to be a bit more hands-on and I really like relationship building. And, you know, ultimately, if you realize that one path isn't for you, that's just as valuable as if you realize that it was for you. It's just more information and more data that you have ultimately to say, you know what, that didn't work, but this is like guiding me into a different path that's actually taking me closer to ultimately where you want to be. So yeah, I'd say overall, Emily, I would just say, Get out there, try things, and and uh, be focused on learning and, and gaining skills throughout the process. I don't think that sounds happy. I think it sounds perfect.
2: Emily? Yeah, I I just love that piece about reflection that Haley was touching on. You know, in my in my own personal life, and then I think in a lot of people that I've met through Thrive Hire and just in my own kind of education and career, a lot of people in the global health and public health space are we're always looking for opportunities and experiences, right? Like I think we're a very dynamic, motivated group who, who constantly seek out ways to grow. And I think the, the piece that's attached to that is reflecting on those experiences and like, why were you drawn to something initially? And then when you did it, what did you like about it or what did you not like about it? And how is that leading you along the way? Like, I think people often tend to think of career pathways as so linear, And I I don't think they're ever that way, but I think you can connect the dots even in a non-linear path when you take the time to reflect on why I chose to pursue a certain opportunity or experience over another. And I think public health degrees tend to set you up to do that by having like a a practicum component or a capstone project. And, you know, to some degree, you're you're able to exercise a fair degree of autonomy and, and choose that path for yourself. I know I definitely did, but it was only upon reflecting on why I was seeking out those certain opportunities that I was able to kind of piece together why I was so interested in joining Thrive Higher, you know, and like where the, I guess where my true like interest was, but also where I felt like I could have the most impact. So
0: yeah, I'll finish on that note as, as the self-reflection is huge. And I'm very excited about this bit. I know you're both uh, avid book readers. Uh, do you have some <laughs> recommendations for us? many <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been so into like yeah reading books lately Emily I think part of it too is uh, I, I'm not sure if yeah you you can relate to this but Annalise myself and and some of our teammates have talked about this just how important it is to just take a step back from work and you know just have a life outside of work you know it's it's great and it's super important to be passionate about what you do but I think yeah reading, needless to say, I feel like in the past year has just been a great escape for me and, and a bit of sort of self-care habits. But one, this one book, I, just, I, I recommend it to such a high degree. It's written by this amazing woman. Her name is Dr. Edith Eber. She is um, an Auschwitz survivor, and she basically turned into a world-renowned clinical psychologist, I think though she earned her master's or her PhD in her 50s, I think, or 60s. She originally never talked about her experience, I think, for 20 years. And then, um, yeah, went into psychology. But I know it sounds very heavy and tense, but she has this incredible ability to ultimately make people feel inspired. And I've, yeah, I've read a couple of her books now, but this one book is called The Choice. And it's basically how can we approach different situations and come out of it with, you know, just a decision that we can consciously make to grow from any circumstance, no matter what it is that we, you know, encounter in our lives. So yeah, I would totally recommend her book, The Choice by Dr. Edith Eager. Uh, at least for me, it was, was pretty life-changing.
0: I haven't read that one, so i add it to my list. Yeah, lazy. on that
2: note, I just started reading it. I like... Haley was raving about it and I finally like bought it and I'm, I'm just in the process of reading it now. So I am officially one chapter in, but I can highly recommend. already. <laughs> I guess on a similar note, one book that I just finished recently was Love Warrior, which is by Glennon Doyle. She has a couple different novels out, but this book in particular just kind of stood out to me for the, a lot of the same reasons Haley mentioned of, you know, just grappling with some of the the harder parts, the painful parts of life that I think we all go through and how to turn those, in- those experiences into a deeper sense of knowing. And for me, that's just kind of the approach that I always try and bring into both my personal and professional life of like, how can what I do, breathe, live, better inform how I go about like my work and well-being. So would highly recommend that book too for, yeah, a pretty insightful read.
0: Yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> Um, and I know you guys have like a long list. So I might email you after for some other.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. We'd love to get your recommendations. You. i just just to get back into reading after the baby. So uh, yeah.
0: Um, have I missed anything else? Are there any big messages or anything else you wanted to talk about and share with people? I think I would just say like
2: a big thank you to you for reaching out. Like this is truly to me what a lot of our work is about as well as community. And I think just finding... You know, I'm in Toronto right now, Haley's in Rwanda, you're in Australia and somehow we've all connected over this call to have this conversation and uh, have this podcast today. And to me, that is like the simplest, but also the most complex joy about our work at Thrive Higher is just how we can all connect in these different ways and learn from each other and and create a global community to have, some, to have social impact and meaning. So like, thank you. And also, I guess that's my wrap up.
1: Yeah, no, I just I'd echo Annalise, um, Emily, yeah, just uh, thanks so much for, for letting us be uh, on your on your show. But also, yeah, just again, to echo what Annalise is saying, just really love the work that you're doing. I think, you know, we talked about this, this last time, but I think especially, yeah, when you're in a field like public health, where it's just there's so many different pathways and things are nonlinear, there's just such incredible individuals that sometimes you just don't know are out there. And I think ultimately through your podcast. It's just a fantastic way to connect and, you know, get inspired by the really cool work that people are doing within, within this industry. And I don't know, I think, yeah, just on a really personal note, like, I think for me working with public health professionals, it's just, it's so, I don't know, I just feel so inspired all the time, because I think it's obviously we live in a pretty divided world right now. And it's really easy to just, I think, accept the status quo or assume that you know inevitably certain individuals are going to have I don't know just greater quality of life but I think public health professionals totally push against that so I don't know your your work really inspires us Emily and yeah just thanks so much for for having us on your show
0: oh thanks it's my favorite part too it's just going to be a gushy uh interview I think Well, thank you both very much for joining me. I really hope that we could like reach out and find some ways to work together. I just I think the work you're doing is really important. And yeah, if people, I think there'll be a lot of interest. So if people are interested, they can go to your website, Thrive Higher. And I don't know if you, go, are you guys on Twitter?
1: Yes, yeah, we're on Twitter <laughs> uh, Facebook and
0: LinkedIn. Okay, cool. So when I release this, I'll tag you on Twitter as well. So people can find you that way. Amazing. Well, that sounds wonderful. Well, have a good rest of the night. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, thank Emily. you so much, I'm Emily.
2: Emily. <laughs>